Halper Show. I'm your host, Katie Halper, coming at you live. And vivo. And vivo, live dressed girl with some dressed dudes that go by the name of Gabe Pacheco. Hey, what's up? That's me, Gabe Pacheco. I'm fully dressed here in the studio at WBAI. 99.5 FM and Reggie Johnson. Hello. Hello. And we are here every Wednesday at 6. If it's 6-ish on a Wednesday... Oh, it's yeah. The Katie Halper Show. You'll find us here Wednesdays, Odin's Day. Odin's Day. That's right. That's what uh, where Wednesday comes from. Really? What yeah, is that? Yeah, it's Nor- Norse. Odin. <laughs> no. And then you take the Odin, but you put a W in front of it, and then Whoa. it becomes Woden, and then you take that, and it becomes Wen- Wedding's Day. I feel like Gabe is turning into some kind of gnomy monst- Nordic gnomy monster. <laughs> Uh, right in front of our eyes. You know, that's the that's the word for the day. That is the word for the day. You're hump welcome. day. Here hump we are. Day. Here we are on hump day. We are so excited. We are going to speak to National Latino Press Secretary for the Bernie Sanders campaign, Erica Andiola. We are so excited to talk to her, who fought for her family to stay here in the United States. And after, we have Janice Markham and Mel England in the studio to talk about their film, Ron and Laura Take Back America. You're definitely going to want to hear about this. And if you're one of those people who listen to the Katie Halper Show, who wants to take this country back, make this country great again, you're going to be really into Ron and Laura Take Back America. And, um, yeah, we're so excited. Uh, we love Ted Cruz. He wants to ban the Muslims. Uh, what does he want to do in their neighborhoods? He wants, he wants to, more video cameras. More he wants video cameras. In fact, I think that's what happened when he was speaking in one of the debates and he had either a booger or some kind of skin tag come out of his mouth and onto his tongue. Like a cheese curd. A cheese curd, that chunk of whatever in his on his tongue was actually, I think it's a secret weapon. Mm-hmm. No. He's trying to repulse and disgust. Oh, yeah, repulse and disgust. I meant it was an actual physical weapon that you just lob at someone and it, oh. and it knocks them out. Like those lizards that squirt blood out of oh, their eyes? Oh, God, he is a lizard, yeah. Yeah, he is a, he's a reptilian. Reptilian. And he was great at APAC. Let's give it up for him at APAC, or as you'd like to call it, quack, quack. Oh, Affleck, Affleck right. right? Okay, um, totally. That's Well, that's what I thought the first time I heard it. I was like, Affleck, what? What's right. going on? Hillary Clinton was great at APAC. What's great is that their speeches are basically indistinguishable, and we love that. We love when Republicans and Democrats have the same exact line about Israel. Mm-hmm. We want equal hawkness, equal time hawkness, and that's what it looks like. Yeah, hey, you're a bird of prey over here. I'm a bird of prey over there. We love the hawks. Two birds of a... Two hawks of a feather fly together. Yes, yes. Yes. And pray to the same Christian God. Judeo-Christian. Judeo-Christian right? God. Well, it's well, they both pray. Hillary and Ted oh, Cruz yeah, both pray to the to, Christian, right. to the Christian Lord. Right, Jesus Christ, our the Savior. Overlord, Jesus Christ. <laughs> the Overlord, Jesus Christ. Overlord. And they're going to the to the tribe, the chosen people. The original. And the they're OG, saying, "Look, Jesus we have Christ. we believe in completely different things, but we support you with AK-47s." Exactly. At the very, at, that's their minimal arming. Like on a good day, we'll give you an AK-47. Another day, white phosphorus. Ooh, right? white phosphorus. Right, why not? But um, sounds like a great ingredient in toothpaste. You know, like ooh, white phosphorus. Yes, white if you want to kill yourself. Mm. Mm. You know what? We we always open with an APAC spiel. So why is tonight different from every other night? Did Bernie go to APAC? Was no, he there? No, he did not. Mmm, interesting. Major props to interesting. Bernie. We're gonna give him some props. Um, we are we are feeling the burn a little bit. We're not gonna lie. And so I've been like kind of obsessed with uh, the story of Erica Andiola who is the organizer uh, and the press secretary, the national Latino press secretary for presidential candidate Bernie Sanders. No big deal. Erica, are you here? <laughs> Hi, Katie. Yes, Hi. I am, and thank- I am so happy to be here with you guys. Yeah, thank you so much for coming on. You have such an inspiring story, and um, I love following you on Twitter and seeing what you're doing, especially when I see some 
let's just say less than truthful allegations that sometimes emerge on Twitter. Um, and then I go into to find the truth. And just so you know, you're here with my co-host, Gabe Pacheco. Gabriel Pacheco. Hello, Erica. Hi, Gabe. Nice to meet you. Definitely. And Reggie Johnson. Hey there. Hey, Reggie. So can you tell us a little bit about your story, how you got involved in this movement, how you got involved in the um, Dreamers movement, and then more specifically Sanders? But just if you could just share a little bit mm-hmm. about your uh, biography. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I've been organizing with the Dreamer movement for a couple of years now. Um, I started here in Arizona um, where, you know, we got started out of, um, uh, you know, and, and a lot of past here that basically uh, took away our institution here in the state. And, you know, students at the university that I went to at ASU, we started organizing and we started organizing against this law. But eventually, you know, we got very involved in the immigrant rights movement, pushed for the DREAM Act, pushed for DACA, which gave us uh, the ability to work uh, legally here in the U.S. And, you know, we have continued to work against deportations and the separation of our families for you know, since then. So most of my background has been in the immigrant rights movement, but I've been very, very closely working with the Latino community all across the country, making sure that, you know, that, that we do as much as we can to continue to build our political power and make the change that we need for our communities. Could you share with listeners a little bit about your own experience yeah. with deportation and um, the immigration process in the United States? Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, I, I, I'm also a dreamer, right? Uh, uh, undocumented, documented, there's many names that they call it. But, um, you know, I, I came here when I was 11 years old with my with my mom, uh, who was running from domestic violence in Mexico, and uh, my four siblings. And we all ended up here in Arizona. Uh, it's a pretty tough place sometimes um, when it comes to being an immigrant or a person of color here. And, you know, my own mother was a uh, a uh, victim of a raid um, by Sheriff Arpaio in uh, 2008. And then again, a couple of years later, she was stopped by the police here in Arizona um, with basically racial profiles mm-hmm. by the police and ended up, you know, in their in their list uh, that they turned into ICE. And, you know, my house ended up being raided uh, the same day, basically, that I got my first job wow. with my work permit when I got DACA. So, um, you know, I, I know firsthand how it feels to to have immigration knocking on your door, taking the people that you love the most and, you know, not knowing where they're going to end up. Right. Uh, but, you know, I think my, all the community organizing that I was doing with uh, Arizona and across the country really uh, helped me stop the deportation of my own mom. Uh, when they came to my house, I started uh, getting people to call ICE, uh, getting people to pressure uh, the White House, uh, Congress, and all of that pressure and thousands of calls being generated by the community, um, you know, pushed them to, to get my mom back. And she's here. She's home. She's organizing mothers, too. And, you know, we are continuing, again, to make sure that that doesn't happen to anyone else. Right. So she was actually deported? or they were? She wasn't. She wasn't. No. Okay. Um, the bus, um, she was She was put on a, on a bus. She was taken to a detention center for, uh, for, a little, for a couple of hours, and then she got drove... She drove down or they drove her down to the border to deport her. And in a matter of 12 hours, it was a, it was a very, very short campaign that we that we did overnight, uh, getting people to call ICE. And before the buzz reached Mexico, uh, somebody from uh, ICE headquarters in D.C. called the buzz and, and uh, made them turn around to drop her off wow. in Phoenix again. Wow. Yeah. Now, did they drop everybody in the bus off or just your mother? 
no, that's the problem. Right. <laughs> the, everybody who was there, who she was able to meet, who she was able to talk to, and who were all chained up just like her, um, you know, got got deported. And so, um, you know, it's a it's a big problem, and it's a bigger problem than than just um, you know my own family. There's millions of so people who get deported every day and who are either deported or are still in detention centers, right? That 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 continue to um, grow their power and. Uh, unfortunately, right, there are also companies that, that get money to detain our community. So obviously they're going to do a, everything they can to, to keep us in there. So you're saying that there are for-profit uh, prisons oh, yes. that uh, are making money off of um, immigrants being detained. Of course. of course. You know, and this is something that a lot of a lot of us don't know until, you know, until it happens to us. But that's a that's a reality. And um you know, we have detention centers all across the country who, um, you know, they are basically jail. They call themselves detention centers, but, you know, a lot of them are basically jail conditions. And they, they it's for profit, right? So they go to the government. They get money from the government to continue to have more and more people in the detention centers. And the majority of these folks are people of color and many of them, majority of them are immigrants. So uh, it is, it's a business and it's unfortunately a business that also has a lot of influence and our political system, right? Uh, a lot of these detention centers, uh, these companies like CCA, um, they have a lot of lobbyists in Congress, lobbying both political parties and making sure that, you know, they pass, they pass laws um, at the local and the national level that generate more business for them, right? And those business basically means more people incarcerated and more yeah. people of color behind and bars. These are, these are also companies that have uh, stockholders, and some of those stockholders are Absolutely. politicians. Oh, yes. Ah, okay. Some of them are actually running for president. Oh snap! Oh, wow. I didn't. I didn't want to wow. fire shots, no, but uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but hmm, wow. who knew that some I'm, of our politicians wow. were actually profiting off yeah. of the, the carceral p- states and carceral uh, prison industrial complex? Yeah, and keeping uh, our vital working immigrant communities uh, as second class citizens. Right. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna. I'm not gonna say anything, but I'm. I, Let's see. <laughs> well, well, let's use that to pivot to how you got involved in the uh, Bernie Sanders of course. campaign. How did that happen? Well, it, it, it's and it's very connected, right? And, and I think for uh, for a lot of us to really understand the political system, and you know, when I say uh, you know those folks also have uh, some of our political uh, figures in their hands, I'm talking about not just you know uh, prison companies, but also we're talking about. Many other companies, right, that, that, that continue to grow, that continue to, to grow their power, their wealth. Um, you know, pharmaceutical companies, mm-hmm. uh, we have food companies. I mean, you, you, you can, you know, you, we can go on and on the banks, Wall Street, that right now do have a really, really big say so on how we pass laws, how we change legislation, and, you know, eventually it has an impact on our own lives. And so, you know, that, that for me was a really, really big, um, eye-opening opportunity to, to see how we can change that. And, you know, one of the only people that really spoke to me uh, when he talked about this entire, you know, political system that is, you know, is, we're getting used to it and we shouldn't, right? There's this um, amount of, of money and amount of influence that companies are having in, in our politicians. And mm-hmm. Bernie Ray spoke to me and uh, all of his and his political revolution, right? And the meaning of that is basically making sure that we are disconnecting those two different um you know we shouldn't have the government be you know also this 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 people who uh own millions and millions of dollars they have right. to be separate entities and the people should be governing this country not them 
Now, what do you say to people, um, and this is such a common thing I, that I've, I've heard, people often say, oh, uh, you know, he's pie in the sky, he, what is, he, he has great ideas, but they're never going to happen, or uh, uh, people are, are really racist and sexist and have a lot of privilege if they, if they think that uh, they can back Bernie Sanders, all these things that people are saying. Um, I just wanted to give you a chance to speak to any of those ideas, because they are, I just want to say, I just full disclosure i think that like there's there's always going to be pluses and minuses with political candidates mm -hmm. and politicians but if you just look at the difference between the way mm -hmm. bernie sanders is attacking hillary clinton which i would say is based on policy um i don't even know if i'd call it an attack i would say criticizing or critiquing it and it's i think consistently based on a systemic critique about the way politics and power and money works and if you look at that versus the way that Hillary Clinton is attacking Bernie Sanders, which I think is a bad policy. I think it's going to backfire, and it already has started to, which is a much more personal attack. Um, every now and then, there'll be an attack based on an allegation that's just um, contradicted by facts, like where was my opponent mm -hmm. when I was fighting for health care? Yeah, Happened to be behind her, physically. Um, or, you know, Jane Sanders goes out and talks to immigrant communities and then gets called a racist for doing that. Uh, yeah. very, very creative uh, relationship between truth and reality that we're seeing. So mm -hmm. I just wanted to give you a chance to talk about those yeah. things. Of course. I mean, look, uh, when, when Bernie uh, announced his candidacy, one of the very first, um, you know, things that he said when we ran, he said, you know, when I ran for mayor, for Congress, for Senate, um, and now that I'm running for president, I want to run a positive campaign. Right. That means talking about the issues, right? We're talking about what really matters to the American people, to uh, our communities. And, you know, he, he keeps doing that. I mean, you know, for him, it's not necessarily to go and attack um, her, his opponent, you know, in this case, Hillary, um, on, you know, what she has been attacking Bernie, but rather, you know, let's talk about the issues. Right. Let's talk about, you know, how much money you are getting from Wall Street. Right. Let's talk about right. all of these things, right, that people care about. Um, right. And at the same time, you know, it's also looking at Bernie Sanders, not only as a, a quote-unquote politician or or a presidential candidate, but really looking at this more of as a movement. Mm -hmm. um, and I think a lot of our young people that come volunteer for us, a lot of our young people who have these conversations with us, they're not only looking at Bernie as a, as a presidential candidate, but I think they feel part of a movement mm -hmm. that is creating a very different um, narrative, right? That, um, you know, you have right now Hillary basically saying a lot of the same things that Bernie is saying. Right. I don't know if you guys saw Saturday Night Live. That was the funniest. Right. way of explaining <laughs> right. but it's uh also, it's, it's a way had a headline when he announced he was going to run where it was like hillary clinton adopts 90 percent of of bernie sanders <laughs> policies but yeah and and you know I, again right um when when jane came here to to arizona um it was a very very strategic way for her to understand the issue um of immigration one of the things that we always do in arizona is take our folks around the state and for them to see for themselves the right. different uh, systems of oppression that we have, and one of them is Tent City. Um, right. Horrible jail run by uh, Sheriff Arpaio. And, you know, she did the same thing, and many people come to Arizona and do with us, the, you know, the act different activists here. And she went there. We ended up getting ambushed by Sheriff Arpaio, right. who used that as an opportunity to come and, you know, um, basically make a point for, his, for himself. Right. Um but, you know, she was there for a purpose, and the purpose was to hear from immigrant families, yeah. and that's exactly what she did after. And, and it was an amazing experience, you know, and I think one of the things that she said very clearly to all those families at the end, she said, look, I don't know what's going to happen. 
I don't know. You know, we're going to push as hard as we can to win. If we win or not, I will under, I will, I now understand where you're coming from. And now I can feel your stories. I can hear your stories. And I'm going to take them with me with whatever role I end up playing. And what was so, voting like mm-hmm. yesterday? Sorry, could you just talk to us about the voting process, yeah. uh, the experience right now in Arizona, so our viewers understand what's happening? <laughs> um, man, it's, it's, it's been a bit of a, a hectic day yesterday, but um, I mean, what, what ended up happening is that our um, biggest county here in Arizona is Maricopa County, and, um, you know, we, in 2012, we had um, way less voters uh, turning out, and we have way more polling places that were open. Uh, this time around, our, you know, for one reason or the other, you know, I'm not going to assume, but we did have a horrible result of that. But they uh, closed polling places, and they closed polling places specifically in uh, low-income mm. neighborhoods and people of color neighborhoods. Mm. Um, Interesting. So we had, yeah, I mean, it's Arizona. <laughs> That's what we deal with here in the state. But we ended up having... For every one polling place, there was 21,000 voters for one polling place. So we had lines that ran all the way to uh, midnight, 12, 1 in the morning, uh, of people still trying to vote. We had a line um, that I I knew at midnight, uh, we got reported by some of our volunteers. There were still 2,000 people uh, lined up, and the press had already called uh, a winner, which was even more disempowering for folks who were still waiting in line to vote for Bernie. Um, so, you know, it's definitely something that it's not just about our campaign, honestly. Um, and, you know, Bernie has come out once and twice and many times talking about voter suppression, right, and what it means to our communities. And so for us, you know, it's not just about our campaign. It's just really making sure that that doesn't happen anywhere else, that that doesn't happen again here in Arizona. And what do you think will happen if Donald Trump gets the nomination? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I mean, besides the fact that we will all probably soil ourselves in fear and um discuss not to sorry not to be too graphic but (laughs) well you know there's lives that are at stake right there's uh there's uh people who i mean i can tell you for myself i have deferred action i have daca uh for those of you you know who haven't heard of it is really um something that the president can take away um if he wanted to because the president announced it right It's, it's his discretion and so that means that the next president of the U.S. can take that program away, right? So we go back to being undocumented completely. Mm-hmm. You go back to being in the uh, basically vulnerable to deportation. And, you know, that's just one example. I mean, there's people, obviously, who had different struggles, different stories. And, you know, for us, it's, it's real lives that are going to be affected. And, you know, we tell our people, we empower them, tell them to come out and vote. You know, yesterday it was a really bad experience in Arizona, and I'm hoping that those people who didn't get to vote or who were waiting for hours, Instead of getting angry and not turning now, they, they, they do the opposite, right? Understand that that was a horrible situation that should not happen again. And because of that, we need to fight. We need to fight back and resist and, you know, making sure that the hate doesn't, not only in Arizona, but across the, the, the country, that we don't, you know, allow hate to govern our country. That it has to be unity. It has to be love. And it has to be our community coming together and empowering each other and, and, and hopefully sp- create a political revolution. And are there specific ways to do that? I mean, getting out the vote, just spreading the message? What can people do? You know, I think it's, you know, educating ourselves on those issues um, and making sure that we are following, you know, um, what is going on in our political system, but yeah. also going out to vote. And for those of you who can't vote, I know there are a lot of us who don't have our, the power to vote, but we do have a power of our own voices and getting our own community members to 
you know, to, to, to get really excited about voting. And, and, you know, it takes, you know, it doesn't take much. It'll take a day to, to figure out how you're going to drop off your children, you know, to, to school or take off some time from work. I mean, it's just really a little bit of time that you can take off to, to make sure that your voice is being heard. Um, and, you know, it, it, there is real consequences to us not being active in our communities. All right. So how can uh, people maybe listening here support uh, support your, you in Arizona right now? Um, well, in Arizona, you know, I think um, we're going we're gonna to have to figure out a way to, to make sure that, you know, this entire situation with voting gets resolved. And, you know, we already have people this morning protesting um, the, the, the county and making sure that, you know, that doesn't happen again. But, you know, I think uh, we, we also have to go to other states, making sure that, you know, we are holding accountable our own uh, political parties or our, our own um, local governments. Um, and that, you know, again, that we need to wake up and get involved. You know, I trust me, I didn't really care much about politics. I didn't care much right. about getting involved until I ended up getting a letter from college telling me that I lost all my scholarships and wow. that I had to pay out of state tuition. And if you could, just, I woke up. Sorry. And, and if you could just say one word about the difference between Hillary Clinton and Bernie Sanders and the reason you're behind Bernie Sanders, one word or theme, what would it be? One word. Um, I would say um, or not for sale. Not for sale. I like that. <laughs> right, not for sale. Great. Awesome. Awesome. We're so excited. We have Janice Markham and Mel England in the studio, literally sitting next to us, to talk about their film, Ron and Laura Take Back America. You're- Hello, guys. Hi, guys. <laughs> They're here because their film, Ron, uh, Ron and Laura Take Back America, is opening this Friday, the 25th, right, in New York and L.A.? Well, it's opening in New York, but it's it's wrapping up in L.A. It's been showing in L.A. Oh, uh, got at it. The MGM. Five Star Cinema in Glendale. Got it. Uh, With so, the Oracle Lounge receipts. Yes. Ooh. And so it's been very fancy. So we had our Hollywood premiere on March 9th. And then we had our week run in Los Angeles. And now we're coming to New York City. Wow. I. You know, next time you could tell me about the L.A. thing. Maybe we can fly out there. You could fly us out there if oh, you cool. have it for in like your budget. Re, like for a red, red carpet. Exactly. We in have a, a monstrous budget. In our yeah, indie, exactly. indie, indie yeah. film budget. Right. Yeah. Well, I think if we combine our WBAI community radio budget and your indie film budget, we You'll could. You'll be in as much debt as we exactly. are. Exactly. <laughs> yes. That's, a, that's what the hope is. So we thought we'd start by... Uh, sh- do you want to set up the film, or should we just play the trailer? Why don't you tell us about how you started working on this film? And also, again, people can come to see this on Friday, right? That's where on Friday through Thursday, through Thursday. It's five times it's a day, five times a day. Uh, CinemaVillage.com. CinemaVillage. What we always have Cinema Village movies here. Um, well, Tumble it's down. Cool. Yeah, it's this cool. is very cool. We had yeah. Richard Master here, and his movie wow. was Cinema that's Village. Right but yeah, we're really psyched, and it's a hilarious movie. And we first met at Netroots Nation years yes, ago, like at least what ten years ago or something. Yeah. So like how that. long have you been here? How long have you been? We're just we want to make sure everyone talks into okay. the mic. That's what we do here. Gotcha. How long have you been uh, working on this film? It's been about seven years now, and and actually, it it started out not being the idea of doing a feature film at all. I was actually working on my interview show, uh, really concentrating on healthcare reform. It was a, a big issue for me. And it was right around the time that everybody was fighting Obamacare. It was the, the evil of the day. And, One um, of the many evils the of many Obama. Evils. Exactly. And I read about the CEO of Whole Foods, John Mackey, who had written this. John Mackey, that's the right name. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Not <laughs> is, Zachy. Is, is exactly. He had written this op-ed that got a lot of attention, um, basically decrying 
any kind of health care reform, but especially uh, what Obama was was trying to put out there. And so there were a number of of those on the left that got really upset about this and said, "Okay, well, we're going to boycott. Forget this, you know, and then right literally on the heels of that Fox News got a hold of it right and then they showed liberals boycotting this great American and this great business that he built so I, thought, I wonder if there's a Facebook page of course sure enough there's a boycotting Facebook page right. where people who everyone hear that boycotting zillions of miles from the nearest Whole Foods but they're going to drive there to buy an $18 rutabaga to, to support s- a great <laughs> American who's against health care reform even though liberals shop at uh, so it's sort of just it was full bizarre of weird kind of stuff so i called mel and i said let's do this four or five minute youtube about these these two people these conservative now new activists on the scene who are going to support this true american by shopping at the granola health food store Right. Back in the day when there was a YouTube thing, right? It's funny yeah. that you said that. I so, so, yeah, we were going to make a YouTube video. And then as soon as we started filming, it was like immediately it became like, oh, my gosh, these we love these characters, these conservatives that go to shop at Whole Foods. And then we realized, wait, we want to make a feature film. And then almost immediately it was like it became Whole Fruits. Whole Fruits. And we changed John Mackey to John Zaki in the film. And... Uh, and then, of course, Laura gets the names mixed up, so she sort of does a typo on the computer. You know when you Google typo? Totally, That's a yeah. bad thing. And so she instead, she Googles the celebrity reality star designer, Bob, Bob Zaki, right. uh, a la Bob Mackie. Right. So it just sort of became a lo- load of fun of, you know, American craziness. Americana conservacana. It's interesting because you uh, really embody these characters, and I feel like I could see them in uh, a variety of different situations. I mean, the the film does have them in a lot of different situations, but it also reminds me a little bit of, uh, like, Sasha Baron Cohen's work. Mm. Uh And I was wondering if uh, you had them ever interact with people that didn't know that you were... Actually, we did. We did. We... We, uh, we when we first started, we were like, well, maybe we're going to do this with regular people. And then we realized no. I really wanted to. Yeah. I wanted to go to. Well, they were having the boycott. Yeah. And they were actually also the birther lady, Orly Tate. Oh, I love her. her. And so she's we were Ukrainian. Go to, is that what she is? I don't know. No, what she no is, shots but fired. She's also just, a lawyer, yeah. by the way. She was going to be in Glendale. She was moments from us. And then we started thinking about it. We were like, no, we mm. want to use actors because then we just we didn't want to get shot. And so either. it's right. actually been a great That's compliment important. because our actors, yeah, our actors were like uh, so great that a lot of people think they're actually real people. Right. But anyway, to cut to last year, we went to Sundance because we were doing a screening at Sundance. And so like Ron and Laura, actually, we did interact with people at Sundance because Ron and Laura were protesting Sundance. Oh, because there's so many gays there? Uh, No, they were protesting. Robert Redford and all the liberals. He might as well be gay. Right. Well, exactly. Anybody who's liberal is really (laughs) gay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. We're very involved in our homophobia. We don't actually, we, we don't believe in the binary, right, of straight, gay. We believe that anyone liberal can wear that label and we... Um, reject them because uh, I'm trying to do like a, a critical, like a cultural studies, critical studies, homophobic thing. I don't know if it's going to work. Well, though. no, I mean, the gay agenda is really, <gasps> it's I mean, real. uh, well, the thing is, is really, I mean, as a gay, like I just want to say, there is a gay agenda. We want people to like dress nicer. Brunch. One. Yeah, brunch. <laughs> brunch is important. Mimosas are, mimosas, yeah. yeah. For, for all, mimosas for all. <laughs> exactly. Then healthcare. First mimosas, then healthcare. <laughs> and speaking of mimosas and healthcare, we're going to play a, a little bit of a trailer. No, you know what? Let's go crazy and play the entire trailer. Am I right? We're going to play the trailer 
from this great movie, which again, you can see uh, this Friday if you're in New York City, and you can then check out online eventually. And you can see it for five days five in New days. York City. Five days, yeah. Friday yeah. through Thursday, oh, five yeah. times Oh, it's a not day. just once, guys, yes. yeah. All right, let's see. And it goes a little something like this. And as usual, we like to give you some suspense. Uh, it's plugged in. Uh-oh. I gave, do you not have it on your thing? Tall and tan. Um, don't sing. Don't sing. <laughs> okay. So this is where my headphones go in. So again, you guys, in case you haven't given money to WBAI, we wanted to remind you by having another technical issue because that we like to show instead of tell. Um, but uh, also we want to leave you in suspense because you're definitely going to want to see this film. And where can people find it? Let's say they're not in New York City. Then what do they do? Well, well, you can go to our website, www.ronandlauratakebackamerica.com. And we are going to be having a video on demand and DVD release this and, summer. And if you have any, uh, you know, interest in having the film show at your local arts cinema, right. definitely contact us. It, it's not out of the realm of possibilities. We're, we're actually talking about a potential... Uh, oh, wow. A potential uh, run in Santa Fe and maybe Kansas City. So we're kind of, you know, we maybe Kansas take... City. Here you come. Yeah, hey, mm -hmm. there's actually they got some pretty little in, women in... there, or ladies. What's the <laughs> worst? Um, I. All right, let's see. I think we may. This may be working. It'll be. It'll be a, a miracle of the anti-gay agenda. If it works. It's playing into my headphones. Ron and Laura Grossel are taking matters into their own hands, protesting Obamacare. It all started when um, uh, Laura got this uh, email from someone at her church. Francine. And, uh, well, no, it wasn't. Well, that was. So when they decide to make a documentary about their yeah, activism, time to take our country back. they run into Muslim Americans, undocumented Americans. African-Americans. You know, um, my, my favorite, favorite thing about white people. LGBT Americans. Excuse me, sweetheart, the transgender meeting that's oh, upstairs. Right. These are my parents. Local politicians. These homosexuals are gonna burn in hell. Yeah. Yeah. Celebrity reality star designers. <laughs> and angry liberals. When it's the end of days, we, Ron and I, want to be able to say that we did what we had to do, what we felt in our heart that we had to do to take our country back. That was Ron and Laura Take Back America. You can see that in theaters uh, and check it out at ronandlauratakebackamerica.com. Check it out in New York City at Cinema Village on Friday right here in New York. And then if you're not in New York, you just go to that website, that dear, dear website. Now, you're, you guys proceeded. You were very prescient because you started working on this movie before the rise of uh, the Donald, the Trump, am I right? Yeah. Yeah, and, and we would always discuss this. Um, I think that, that Mel was you know, definitely justified in being a little concerned that 
the tea party might just blow away, and right. then where would our movie be? That would have that would have been terrible. And me being the Jew, the fatalist, right. going, Mel, no. you can laugh into the mic. By the way, <laughs> this is a thing that we do. No, and I'm not just saying that. Everyone who comes on my show covers the mic. Oh yeah, when they oh, laugh. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, no, but I do have a loud laugh. So it's good. Yeah, yeah. Speak, um, so you're no, but, ironically, but, you're not the Jew. You are the Jew, but you have the loud and, laugh. And, and you're uh, the fatalist. Uh, okay. No, I was a well. I grew up in the theater, so but well, Janice did anyway. But I was afraid that like any second now the the whole thing was going to unravel right. and then you know but instead it just kept getting worse and worse yeah. and worse I kind of I don't I don't want to say that it was like my grandmother's you right. know no I don't really don't see it, it disappearing and lucky for our movie what is it good for our movie bad yeah. for the country every time something right, horrible right. would happen in the news we'd be like well at least it's right. good for exactly. our movie exactly right um, but I do want to say one thing about the whole you know conservative you know, liberal thing. The one thing that we really did try to do too is be somewhat of an equal opportunity offender, and you know, make fun of the you know the liberals that will sign any petition. They haven't even read it. Right. I, yeah, but. I was very devoted to that because I I grew up with hippie parents and right. and like um you know my my mother went to Ast and you know I, oh, I, wow. my first job was in a health food store so we have our fair share of kind of poking fun right. at some of the right. hip- hypocrisies and weirdnesses right. of like that dream we, catchers. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I I watched it last night, and one uh, takeaway I had from from it was uh, that you are clearly playful around um, poking fun at everyone, mm-hmm. and it reminds me like somewhat of like King of the Hill in that oh, yeah. you have these characters that um, that are fully lived in, and um, even though like you could watch it as a conservative, and still. Like I was feeling for Ron and Laura. Exactly. Right? I was like, yeah. oh, I hope, I hope, we, I hope they pull through. And, you know. And actually, yeah. actually, we, we hope were, that we were really concerned because we knew automatically because of the subject matter. Like at the time when we started this, Janice showed me this horrible video oh. of a healthcare forum or town hall, and there was a guy, uh, there was a lady in a wheelchair saying like, oh, I can't get health insurance because I have a pre-existing condition right. or whatever. And then this man started screaming at her at the top of his lungs. And we were like, well, we cannot we can't be that. have them be exactly yeah. that. So right. they kind of get goofy and confused. Right. <laughs> and then Ron's got an anger management problem. But 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 it was sort of a challenge. Like so like many how can you make him likable? Right. So we were like, okay, Archie Bunker, right. Archie and yeah. Edith. So we followed that model. But at the same time, we wanted to also make fun of you know, like because in you know, all in the family, which is like God to us. Right. Uh, they made you know also made fun of you know, like Mike Stivic was kind of also right. a jerk in a right. way. So it was sort of like, how do we do that? Right. You don't want to be self righteous, pedantic, and only make fun of one side because right. it's just not funny. Right. At the same time, there's not you're not doing this cop out false equivalency, which drives me crazy. No. Where no, we, we would definitely be accused of leaning left. I right. mean, there's there's no getting around that right. because of the nature of what. Ron and Laura are are stumping for right. and decrying and right. and then and they're they're actually, you know, coming from a base of fear, which I think is actually representative of many Americans. Yeah, totally. So, I mean, yeah. and that takes that's an important point because I think as liberals, it's, we so often. In fact, Al Giordano was on our show and talking about the difference between an activist and an organizer and how an activist is all about his identity, an organizer wants to persuade instead of berate and i mm. i will i mean i do both on facebook i think you've been privy to some of my facebook <laughs> yes, berating. Katie. yes Katie. um berate me baby berate berate me, me. Baby. but that's only when they're lost causes right? right but they're not a lost cause i actually do try to engage and i think that that's a great thing about the movie and i also like that um 
It is. You, it's this film has been compared to Christopher Guest films, right? We, yeah, well, or at we, least we, we should hope so. Yeah. I mean, we should be so lucky. Right. Well, it um, has been by Katie Halper on the Katie Halper show oh, yeah, on yeah, WBAI. Yeah. Put you on that. Yes, the blur. Our publicist, tell him. Yeah, that. Gabe, are you down? You want to you want to give them Patrick. the blur? Uh, oh yeah, I uh, well I want I'd like to see sequels. I want to I want oh. the continuing Ooh. adventures of Ron and Laura because I you know I'm also a pessimist and I believe that we're going to continue to have new outbreaks. Why There's going to the be. Only in this room. Well, we need you. Uh, but here's the thing. Well, it's funny because when we actually finally finished shooting the film, eons later, and kudos to my husband, Gideon Markham, who is the DP who hung in there with us. Um, but things, of course, kept happening in the news. We had right. gay marriage and right. all of these amazing things happen. And Mel and I would call each other. We, we, we need to be commenting. Ron right. and Laura need to be commenting on right. this. Right, right. So, Where are Ron and Laura? Where's the voice of Ron and Laura? Yeah. A yeah. reason. Yeah, the, the voice is evergreen. And yeah. uh, as new things unfold. Right. Yeah. Right. Uh, but that's also why we were so concerned about sort of the tone that we set in terms of like, because we wanted, um, it's like, how can you make them likable, even though maybe they're, you know, misunderstood? Without endorsing their yeah. message, yeah. And, you know, honestly, for me personally, because I had mentioned to you earlier, I came from Texas, and um, a lot of my family is very conservative. So the, at the core of the story, there's this, you know, their son comes out as gay, he wants to marry a black man, which, I mean, it's just like, there's, that's all wonderful, right? It's like me, except I'm straight. I right. want to marry a black man, so yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I can't, they, once, once you go black, that is. Exactly. <laughs> but no, seriously, so it's sort of like, how can we, I mean, like with my family, I still love these people. Right, and totally. And it's really hard. Right. Like, I mean, you know, how can we, how can we as an American family all come together and love each other? How about have an international? I'm going to just take that one, one notch up. International you want to do the global? Gl- gl- I'm just saying oh, yeah, global, yeah. Global. Yeah. F borders. F them. I guess. Well, well, maybe that's the next movie. Ron and Laura take, take over the world. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh my God, I'd <laughs> love to European see European vacation. Yeah, exactly. And you're actually you're you're half Latino. You mentioned. Well, I'm half Hispanic. Yeah, but it, it's it's complicated. Uh, warm, warm. But, hashtag um, it's complicated. Yeah. Well, <laughs> no, my my but, but yeah, I was raised uh, by my Mexican American family. My mother's uh, adopted mother, and then on my birth mother's side, I'm actually Navajo and Pueblo. So it's a wow. Com- oh, I'm but my father is a white guy, so therefore the England. But everybody thinks Last I'm Jewish, name, right? So, right? Yeah, whatever. because you're an actor. Yeah. So that, yeah. Now I, uh, you guys deal with uh, so many different topics. I mean, the, primarily there's the uh, the sort of uh, acceptance of gay family members and reconciling between a father and a son. But there's also immigration, mm-hmm. which you guys tackle a lot. Mm-hmm. And uh, I found all of that fascinating. Mm-hmm. That uh, there's the healthcare worker who doesn't speak English, uh, dealing with the mother. And um, what was, uh, I, like, I don't know, what, how did you guys come into addressing issues of, like, and especially being Latino, too? Right. And, and sort of me by default, um, as I'm a Spanish speaker, my kids are bilingual, oh, and I'm actually, they're, they're in a Spanish immersion program. And so um, that's a large part of our social life. And, you know, I actually, my nonprofit has a camp called Caja de Arte. And it is an arts camp that's all taught in Spanish. Box of art. And very, very good. I also date um, Latin men in addition to black men. Nah. <laughs> but I think beyond that, and, and of course, you know, Mel's, Mel's background, but I think beyond that, the, the whole hypocrisy of the right railing against um, undocumented individuals, yet, you know, hiring 
yeah. quote, you know, right. the illegals, you know, right. and, and this sort of hypocrisy, we really felt like we had to have that be a part of the story. I mean, where, and that's, that was literally, uh, you know, where I'm from, like, it's like, uh, Texas went through this boom in the 80s, right? And so suddenly there were like, you know, uh, all these new malls and new freeways and new houses, and it was all built basically by undocumented right. workers. So they have no problem, like, profiting off the people, right. but then it's like, no, oh, but don't right. give them rights. Plus, they all, I always think it's so fascinating because they actually, a lot of undocumented workers will pay into Social Security right. and not get anything out, right. and that kind of contradicts the whole the myth of the that so they don't the, pay taxes that's a parasite which they're actually not if but, we, i mean if anything we're parasiting we're leeching sure off of no that's exactly it. Yeah. but the thing for uh, so for me personally and i know jana shared this concern we were very concerned about about not only having that character in the movie but also you know representing it in a uh, in a funny way so there was a concern about uh, are we dealing with a stereotype here is this a negative stereotype and yeah. then yet at the same time we're like but there's a truth to this and you know so it, it gets complicated and even with the actor you know talking to golly who who played the character of Consuela so wonderfully, you know, on one hand complaining, oh my gosh, you know, okay, yet another audition for, the maid. you know, the maid, the caretaker. The, I said, well, but this is different, right? Right. <laughs> well, um, we, you know what? We wanted to offer your viewers, maybe you can figure this out, but I'll just say it yeah. live, uh, a couple of tickets. Oh, yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Um, how do we do that? Uh, it's not set up yet, but they can contact, go to our Facebook page, uh, Katie Halper, just go to Facebook and look for Katie Halper Show. And um, message us, uh, and we will put you in touch about making a donation and then get you the tickets. Yeah, you'll get some sweet, sweet tickets to this great movie that you need to see because it's like a Christopher Guest movie. And I know you guys are all itching for the next Christopher Guest movie. Well, you might have to accept this substitute. Which is even better. It's gonna. It's even better. And it's sweet. Yeah. Like oh, it's equal. sweet. Like, like equal. Like equal. Yes. Yeah. Like equal. Equal. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Janice and Mel. And we will thank be you. in touch and spreading the news about your about your film, uh, just like we spread the news about the gay agenda, which is all about mimosas. <laughs> all right. And it's I like real. white men too. I want everyone to know I did. Uh, I did all men. I did all men. Too I actually late, got too someone late. was upset on my website. They were like, "That's racist." They thought uh, I didn't date Jews, just because I statistically don't as much. But anyway. So,